0: Welcome to the 100% Finance Podcast with Juan Pablo, the podcast where we will show you how to get income producing assets like real estate and businesses with little to no money out of your pocket so you can say goodbye to the nine to five and be financially free. Here's your host, Mr. Cashflow, Mr. Credit Repair, Mr. Business Credit. Mr. Buy Hole until the wheels fall off, the people's mentor, Juan Pablo. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Juan Pablo from the 100% Finance Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Today's topic of discussion is debt, the good, the bad. And the ugly. So we got a special guest with us today on this recording. We have Joko Brownell, who's a good long-term friend of mine. Uh, One of the first friends I met in New York City when I used to live up there when I relocated from Atlanta. And uh, I got to have him on the call to discuss the debt. Uh, Welcome, Joko.
1: Hey Juan, how you doing? A pleasure. uh, You inviting me on your uh, your podcast here, man.
0: Oh man, it's my pleasure to have you. I appreciate uh, you joining, man. To talk for about sure. debt, because there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about debt, you know, and a lot of effects as well on debt. It
1: is. Definitely. Definitely, man. Definitely.
0: All right, cool. So um, I'd just like to get started by introducing you um, or having you introduce yourself to our uh, listeners here. If you just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: For sure, for sure. So my name is Joko. That is my real name. Um, and, um, yeah, you has know, been a really good friend. I met him back here in, uh, in New York. Um, I'm originally from New York, and um, from Queens, and uh, my background is uh, finance. I'm an entrepreneur as well. Um, I have a background in uh, commercial real estate. I've done commercial real estate for about um, since 2008, uh, April uh, 2008, so that was right when um, the financial uh, recession happened. and. The markets changed, so that's when I got into it. I felt like it was a good time to get into it. Uh, it was a learning lesson, and uh, I've been in it ever since. I I, I've had background in mortgages as well, sales since I've got out of school, um, came out of school, and um, so right now that's that's what I'm doing right now, and uh, mostly just just uh, pretty much I'm um, I'm running um, my own uh, my own business right now, and uh, you know we'll we'll go into it, but yeah, that's that's my background.
0: And you used to do debt collection too, right?
1: yeah I did debt collection yep yep I did that um I did that for about about two years so that's how I just started to you know it started picking my interest about what debt really is and how it affects people and um, you know just understanding you know how you how moving forward it can it can be a hindrance it could just stop your growth especially when you're in the process of just building building getting to the point where you're at ground level just zero you know because debt is at a point where you could be negative. So just building that we back to zero and then building a foundation from there.
0: Yeah, that just segues us into our next question, too, about debt. So if you can define it for us, you know, let our listeners know what is debt and also how can it be beneficial or detrimental to some?
1: For sure, for sure, definitely. Um, well, you know, real simple, um, when, it, when it comes to debt, um, it's, It's, you can, you know, there's, a lot of people may not know, but you have uh, debt that can be um, producing debt, and you can have consumer debt. So let me explain. So, for example, um, debt that is consumption, uh, consuming debt will be debt that is, uh, that does not add to your bottom line. So, for example, let's say somebody was to, you know, if, if you're in a position where you want to, um, you know, you, you take you're, you're going to school, right? And uh, you take out student loan debts, which right now is, is it's the biggest um, along lo- from ages. Once you get out of school, up to about uh, statistics between 40-45, that's the biggest expense right now. That's holding a lot of people back. So um, debt that that is holding people back from moving forward. Producing debt is where it is. So you have debt. Let me just define debt and start from the beginning it's when you're when you're in a position of owing somebody, right? When you're when you have to pay somebody back. So producing debt is where you have you're in a position where that debt is actually putting money in your pocket, right? Where as if if you are um if it's consuming, then it actually puts you in a position where if you're making money, let's say you're making, you know, you, you make um a thousand dollars, you know. And you have to you have to end up paying, you know, taxes, or end up paying, you know, um, your phone your phone bills, or end up paying, um, you know, whoever you owe. From there, what you have left over, if that if that's in the positive, then you're you're at a point where you have income. If that's in the negative, then you're in a position where you have debt, and that's a lot of times puts you in a place where you're not even able to move forward
0: it's just like you're you're just digging a hole and it's hard to to climb out of it. Absolutely. So, let me ask you this. Um I'll probably give you some scenarios and if you can tell me what's beneficial or if it's detrimental. Definitely. Okay. Getting a loan to go to school.
1: Getting a loan to go to school. You know, I I'm for education, right? But getting a loan to go to school is is not That's not something I would advocate, simply because when it comes to if you look at, for example, um, I'm I'm not, you know, for socialism or anything like that. But if you look at other countries such as like Denmark or um, Germany, I have some friends from Germany right now where their education is paid off, right, and they start off in a position where, um, where you, where if you're just getting out of school getting in the process of just building or wanting to start, start a family, going to business for yourself, um, that a lot of times can be um, a big hindrance now. So um, this generation right now that we're in, that, that is uh, that it's, it's in a working class, before, like our parents' generation, the major debt was outside of taxes was mortgages. That, that was the housing, the um, or you know, uh, the American dream was to get a house. You know, but now um, I don't know if you if you uh, if you heard one. The new American dream now it's not even it's not even to get a house is to have a job. That that is the new American dream, and simply to cover expenses. That that is that is most people's uh, objective right now to get a job just to cover expenses, and really, and if they're making you know, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, and even a hundred thousand, even up the upper echelon, line you get up to two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand, get up to executives. You know, it's not necessarily about how much how much you make as far as income, but as far as the expenses and what what you're able to maintain and um what's what's actually coming into your household and then from there how much you have left over to one save, two invest. You know? So um to answer your question, I know that's kind of you know kind of a long long-ended question, but long-ended answer, I should say. But to answer the question would be, um, no, definitely do not take our student loans to, to, to go into school. I, I, I would recommend you know um, finding another means of maybe even working for some time to save up money. And if you go education route, right, I, I recommend education, but definitely not taking our student loans. That could set you back big time.
0: That's true. I did, I did see a photo on Instagram, and it was like, uh, you go to school so you can get a job, and then you get the job so that you can pay for your school. Right. And right. Some of those loans are pretty long-term, you know.
1: Of course. And another thing is, that's the o- that is one of the only debts that if somebody files bankruptcy, you cannot get rid of student loans and bankruptcy. Isn't that crazy? You cannot get rid of student loans and bankruptcy because they know, for example, that is how it, works, how it works with, since we're talking about debt, and a major debt right now, it's not necessarily credit cards. Credit cards is that, you know, when, if you're not using, using it to make money, if you're not using it to, you know, get into a position where you could generate cash flow or you can, you know, put it in a business where you can start building something where you could pass on. Student loans. How it works is with student loans. That is the that is almost like the collateral for the debt that the country's in because the debt that the country this the whole system works off of debt, right? So in order to you you have companies like let's say for example GM G and one quote you know change. Is inevitable. Growth is optional. You know that's a change. That's 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 a quote. That's a famous quote I've heard. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Meaning, when when the market demands change, whether it's Tesla coming into the market, coming with electrical vehicles, or you know um, Uber challenging taxis that've been around forever, Airbnb, which I operate as well, challenges. Hotels that've been around forever. If you are, if you've been, if no, it no longer works off tenure, or um, if you've been around for, you know, so long, it works off of demand and creativity, ingenuity. So how how student tying that to student loans? How that works is student loans guarantees to work labor that, for example we'll have a certain middle class. The middle class, a lot of times, is the working class. The working class is the biggest, that's, that's the most taxed class in the country. And a lot of times, that is the collateral to the debt that needs to be paid. So the debt that the country is in, a lot of times, that, that payment to that debt is the working class because they need to make sure that there is a working, there's a consumer market that is that's being able to pay China when they manufacture, or pay German when they when they um, that's,
0: that's are like producing
1: products. Exactly, that is a guarantee. So if there if there is no consumer market, which is which is uh, supported by a working class, which is supported by an educational system that supports not necessarily creators but regurgitators then you have a system that works based off of debt.
0: That's good how you break that down. So what about a mortgage for a home? Is that beneficial or detrimental?
1: It could be beneficial. You know, it depends, you know. I know you're in real estate. Oh, it depends why?
0: on what? Yeah.
1: I, the reason right. why I'm
0: asking these questions is so that people can hear this stuff because sometimes they're perceptions or their understanding needs to be challenged right and they need to hear like a different point of view like how you just gave with, with student loans I'm sure right. nine right. out of ten listeners will probably say yeah why not
1: right so, right so right. about
0: mortgages how can it be beneficial or how can it be detrimental okay if it's possible if that's possible
1: of course definitely so I was in commercial real estate I came in around 2008. So to answer, your, you know, the, the latter part of the question, how can it be detrimental? How can it be damaging? Mortgages can be damaging where if if you're taking out, you know, a, you know, a mortgage just to, you know, uh, keep up with, you know, your friend that has a house or keep up with somebody you know, on Facebook or another post that just posts up, you know, hey, I just bought my first house, but, you know, when when the smoke clears, the curtains close and the show is over. You know, are you able to even afford it? So, it's detrimental when you're in a position where, if you, if somebody, whatever their source of income is, whether it's coming from a job or it's coming from business, and that income is not continual, and it's not residual, it's not perpetual in the form of cash flow, where it can take care of that mortgage, which is due every 30 days on a monthly basis. And you're at a point where if you lose that income, whatever that income is, whether it comes from a job or it comes from a business or it comes from whatever avenue you decide to you know to to go down and, and use that vehicle to take care of your debt, whatever avenue you use for income, if that income stops and that mortgage and you're not able to support that mortgage, then it's detrimental because you're at a point where you you are enslaved to that to that own to that per to that to that debtor until you pay it off so it's 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 beneficial when you're in a position where if you use that debt and you're able to you know buy a property or even you know let's 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 go down to what most people are doing right now. Most people are doing Uber. I know people that are financing. They're, they're for example they're financing cars in a in a in a way where they can do Uber. So they may finance a car. And you know their payments may be three fifty now, if you're just using that car to just kind of stunt or try to you know get a girl or whatever or just try to you know pull up to you know the club or just pull up to a party looking nice, but that's not producing income then that doesn't make sense but if you're I, I, the people that I'm talking about that are that are um purchasing uh, cars to do Uber, they may pay three fifty a month, but they're bringing in a thousand a week. That's that's that that's when debt makes sense. So debt is debt was ne- debt was never designed to consume. Debt was designed to produce. So let me give you a quick example. There was a story about a lady that back in the days of her, her how society work was her when it, her husband if the husband is in debt and the husband dies. The kids have to, that debt doesn't go away. The kids have to take, have to uh, pay for that debt. So what happened was the, the mother, because of her, the, the father of her kids um, died, she didn't want that same predicament to be on her kids' um, you know shoulders because they're just starting out in life. But that debt needs to be paid. So what she did was she, she seeked advice, from someone that was in a position on what to do about this debt. Now, you have to be selective about that device that you seek, right? Because that information is going to determine where you go in life. So, she seeked that information from a, from, a, from a mentor, and that advisor told Axter, What resource do you have that you're good at, or something that you have that you can possibly sell to produce? And then, he, you know, she responded, you know, um, I have oil, I have computers, I whatever. What, <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Right? I have oil, right? I got computers. But what she did was, whatever product, whatever service she had, she said, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I have. Not necessarily good at, but this is what I have to bring to the table. And, um, you know, the advisor told her, you know, um, okay, go and borrow that was the only time that the advisor actually told him to go and borrow, um, you know, and, you know, go and borrow money and not, and, and don't borrow a little. Borrow, borrow as much as you can because we're going to mass produce this, right? Mass produce this. Mass production is Apple. Mass production is GM. Mass production is is Netflix. That's mass production. We're not going to do it for the mom and pop. We're going to do it for the masses. And The formula was borrow, invest, pay off the debt, live off the rest. So I'm going to say it again. Borrow, invest, pay off the debt, live off the rest. And the moral of the story, her kids and her were able to live off of that idea, that business, that ingenuity from that advice from from an advisor that, she took that advice, she ran with it, she borrowed, and she was able to be in a position where her kids was not enslaved. And, you know, that was true freedom.
0: And, and so, key, the key difference maker is that the customers paid off the debt and not necessarily her. and Her not necessarily trading in her dollars per hour, but she sold that oil so that, you know, that debt can right. be satisfied and then she lives off the rest.
1: And she, pro- and she provided she she met she provided what the market demanded, so she supplied what the market demanded you know you, you know it, you, you can't supply something that the market doesn't demand you know you, you know um, I, I know you know one of your strategies you may use is to figure out, hey, what does the market demand and then supply that that's 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 basic market you know research. Every company does that they, they do market research. They figure out what the demand is, and then supply it. And then from there, you know, uh, the, the greatest among anyone is a servant. And if you could service a product and do it on a mass level, that is true success, true freedom.
0: I will also that, is a, the, that is
1: the opposite of freedom, you
0: know. I'll also add to the mortgage thing. Uh, I was just thinking that another way it can be detrimental is if uh, under market conditions where – Let's say you have a mortgage for a property. And let's say it's for an investment property as well. And the market tanks. So you end up owing more than what it's worth. You know, the house is underwater. That can be detrimental. Only if you're in a position where you're in a need to sell basis. Right. And also if you're in the position where you're not cash flowing. Because that's why I always um, am a huge advocate for the first criteria, which is cash flow. Uh, Income-producing asset, like an apartment building, for example, a rental property, has to produce cash flow. The gross revenues minus the expenses minus the debt service equals cash flow. So it's independent of market conditions. So whether the market tanks and your apartment building is no longer worth, let's say, four hundred thousand, is now two hundred thousand, and if you're getting cash flow, you can still hold on to that property. And benefit from it until the the market bounces back right right you know but if you're in that position where you didn't invest for cash flow you invested for let's say capital gains to buy low so high like to flip it and the market tanks then having that debt will be de- detrimental to you having that mortgage will be detrimental to you because now you have to hold it and you're not receiving enough income to, to finance the asset, the expenses, and the debt service.
1: Yeah, it's a burden. It becomes a burden. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. So,
0: um, so, you said it can be pretty much beneficial as long as it's producing income for you, but it can be detrimental as long as it's taking income out of your pocket, pretty much. Absolutely.
1: Definitely, definitely. And, and you know, it's it's detrimental when you're not able to... Grow, you know, um, how how it works. You have to consider, you know, what's inevitable. What's guaranteed? Most, you know, most people say what death and taxes is guaranteed, right? So death doesn't, you know, what good is it if you're dead, right? So, you know, we're not even going to talk about death because if you're dead, then you, 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 this doesn't apply. I'm on, you know, people that are living. Taxes is inevitable. Then you have the invisible tax which is inflation. So typical standard inflation is 3%, right? If you're not able to produce more, so for example, let's say, for example, somebody is making 100000 right? If you're making 100000 because inflation is inevitable like death every year, next year that $100,000 regarding purchasing power can only purchase Three percent less of goods and services that that money can buy. So, for example, make it very simple. Let's say a hundred. Let's say hundred thousand dollars can buy a house that's a hundred thousand. You know, uh, you know, a house that's a hundred thousand dollars. Just hundred thousand, hundred thousand. If you're considering, you know, capital gains, which we don't work or work over appreciation, but just anything. Let's say milk or just basic goods and goods and services. That that hundred thousand dollars is only able to buy ninety-seven thousand dollars worth of goods and services. So really, that $100,000 is only worth 97000 and then the following year is probably 93000 and then 90000 So the point I'm trying to make is you have to put yourself in a position where you're able, for you to even be at ground zero, you have to, you have to make minimum a return of at least 3% to even break even. If not, you're, you're actually losing by doing the same thing every year because inflation is taking the value away from that money. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Yep. Perfect sense.
1: So most people don't think about that because, like I said, it's an invisible tax. It's it's a tax that it's not in front of you, but you're feeling in your pockets when you go to a restaurant. And last year, when you went out for your birthday, and you know, um, someone treated you to a birthday dinner for a hundred dollars. That same that, that same meal that you probably got last year that you enjoyed. Like, man, now let me get that steak. You know, like, I love that steak from that restaurant. Can you go back? And whoever's treating you to that meal, they, when they get that bill, they'll find out that hundred dollars steak is now maybe $110, one ten, one o five. Why? Because that person that is producing that steak, that owner, his prices went up on his end. So because he has a business, he's not going to eat that cost. He's going to pass it on to the consumer, and you're going to eat that cost. So how it works is in this country, if, in, in, if if you are not producing, you are you are going to consume. That invisible tax that that everybody gets hit with that tax. It's just a matter who's going to redirect it and who's going to actually pay for it. And the ones that pay for it are the ones that's in the note.
0: That's good to know, man. So many of our many of our listeners, right, on on the Hamsterdam Finance podcast, they're they're young urban professionals, pretty much.
1: Right, right. Yuppie, yuppies, That yeah, yeah, term is yeah, yuppies
0: yeah, on that. Sure. Right. Yeah. So people who who are aspiring business owners, real estate investors, entrepreneurs who want to get out the right race and they want to have the, the tools, the know-how to do it, you know. So how does this topic of debt relate to them?
1: This is how it relates. I, I, would, I would say this because, you know, debt is an obligation, right? It, it's, it's an obligation that has to be met if not you are a slave to that person that you owe the money to right so you know normal normal you know quote unquote normal that is you know the modern day slavery right so when it comes to somebody that is just doing the norm um and you know not even you know not even thinking about how this is affecting their household, how they're able to, you know, move forward, you know, have the good things in life, progress, you know, um, get to a point where you're just enjoying life. Um, That can, can be a hindrance to you even experiencing your dreams, you know. And it comes to a point where, you know, I heard the definition of entrepreneurship is Living a few years like others won't, so you can live a few years like others. So you can live later on like others can't. So that's
0: like it's like doing what others won't do now to the point where you get to the point where uh, you're doing what others can't do. Right. Like ball out of control or wake up you feel like it. Exactly,
1: and spend the majority of your life, you know, where you, where you have a choice. So you want to get to a place where your choices are limited. Choices limited mean, you, have a, you know, you can't be as aggressive in, in your approach. So, the, you know, the riskiest thing you can do is play it safe. That's the riskiest thing anybody can ever do is play it safe. And the safest thing anyone can ever do is take a risk. And what I mean by that is, if you're at a point where you're, you know, we, we're speaking about the yuppies, you know, yuppies, the young urban professionals, just getting out of school, maybe just come, maybe getting your first um, place to live, you know, um, your first major job that you're actually seeing some real money, and getting in a position where you want to invest, whether it's the stock market, whether it's the real estate, whether it's starting your own business. What what happens is, number one, is you know, what I would say one is, if, if somebody wants to, you know figure out what exactly to do. Income is important. You want to make as much income as you can. I'm for that. Definitely. Make as much income as you can. Whatever resource you can provide, provide that resource and do it with excellence. But even, even something that, you, that I got from the richest man in Babylon is one of the major keys is controlling your expenses. That is number one. That's even more, po- more important than income. Because your expenses is going to determine how much disposable income you have, and that debt is going to fall under that expense column. So, for example, let's say you're making $50,000. Are you really making $50,000, meaning going to the bank, cashing that check, and you actually benefiting from that $50,000? No, you're not, because you're going to pay 30% in taxes. Right there, that's already off, off the jump That's $15,000. So you're really making 35000 35000 typically 30% of your, of your income goes to your, your, your next biggest expense. And what is that for yuppies? It's not mortgages. That was our parents. Now it is student loans. Student loans, a lot of times, is now starting to equal the price of rent. I know people that are paying $1,000 in student loans. Matter of fact, they don't even care. They just say, you know what, I just need to pay forever. And they just write it off. But then, when you see their life, they hate. They went to school for this debt that they're not even benefiting from that degree because they're doing a job that doesn't even line up with that degree that they took out debt for.
0: So it doesn't make any sense. Or or what's worse is I know some some uh, you know being in the New York market, which I know you you're familiar with. There's a lot of people out there like that. Like they go to school, they become attorneys, they become nurses or doctors. They're getting paid good money. But it's right. just like they're being strapped to the job. They're working 80 hours a week, and they, they have no time to, like, to sleep or to let their hair down, you know? Right. Because right. they're so busy working off to pay these, these student loans. It's right. It's like a ball and right. chain.
1: It is. It is, man. It, it, it is a ball and chain. And, the, the, you know, a lot of a lot of yuppies don't realize this till later on in life, which – the most important asset is your time. That is your most important asset. And if you think about it, most people are working forty hours that you know, forty hours a week. That is their time that they're devoting. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't sacrifice, you shouldn't give something to get, right? But you should be very guarded with your time. And the only way you can be guarded with your time is to have control of it. So, you know, a famous, like, psychiatrist, psychiatrist, I forgot the guy's name, but I do remember the quote. He said the opposite of courage in in our society right now, the opposite of courage is not fear. A lot of people think fear is the opposite of courage. It is conformity. Conformity is the opposite of courage. That's just doing what everybody else does, doing what your parents told you to do, because that's all they know to do. And really, they're just doing it because they, they haven't done it, and they're afraid to do it, and they just want to live their life through you. So for, so you forfeit your dreams to live your parents' dreams, and, and, and life sucks. So what happens is, or if it's not your parents, you're trying to keep up with your peers, but you're bleeding because you're bleeding in the sense of you're not even you, – there's more going out than coming in. So there's, a, there's no sense of delay gratification. There's no sense of sacrifice. There's no sense of being in a position to be like, you know what, what can I do now? And even if I make a mistake and jump out there and make a mistake, I still have enough time because I'm, in my, I'm talking to the yuppies, the 20s, the 30 years old. If I, if I make a mistake, you're not like the 60-year-olds. You know, I'm, 30, I'm 32, you know, so I'm, I'm in your class. I'm not a 60-year-old talking to you. If I was a 60-year-old, that's different because they have less time to recover you on the other hand if you're 20 30 years old you have more time to recover so this should be your best time this should be the time where you take as much risk as you, as you can you don't really have a family you don't really have that much debt and if you do minimize it find a way to bring in more income to control that and if it's debt get rid of that consumer debt get producing debt if someone else is paying but it's putting money in your pocket
0: That makes Mm. more sense. So so basically, you're saying the advice you give to the yuppies is take risks, where risk is for reward. And you get the time to bounce back, worst case scenario, if you lose it all. You can bounce back. Control thy expenditures, (laughs) like you said, The Richest Man in Babylon. I think you recommended that book for me, too. Uh I read it like five, ten times, man.
1: It's easy (laughs) to read, too.
0: If you don't have it, get it The Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah, it's quick. Quick so control your expenses. Try not to use consumer debt. because It's more than one way to, to skin a cat. You, know, you can go to school without having to finance it all through, through student loans. You know right. what I'm saying? So just try to be creative right. in that regard. And you also right. mentioned take risk. And I assume you're talking about risk as in entrepreneurial risk.
1: Absolutely. Calculated risk calculated risk that that you have calculated you actually sat down not blind risk I'm not talking about blind risk i'm talking about calculated risk most people nowadays they like i said they, they consider the the ones that are the ones that are uh you know people that are considered aggressive i think are very conservative and the people that are conservative i think are very very like whoa you know uh this is an aggressive person. This is a risk taker. Risk taker in the sense of, in a bad, in a bad way. So here's the here's the bad risk. The bad risk is allowing somebody else to control your time, having one source of income, and you have all these expenses, and you want to keep up, put you in have one source of income. And you know, I, what happens if that job goes away? That lifestyle goes away. There's no other. That, that's bottom line. That's how it works. I'm talking about the risk where you're at a position where, number one, if I'm just starting out, I'm somebody I don't like my job or I'm just making bare minimum, I just came out of school, what do I do? Figure out your expenses. That's number one. Figure out your expenses. From there, figure out, okay, what can I do to reduce any of these expenses? Can I call somebody reduce it? Can I set up some type of payment plan, whatever I need to do? Now, when you figure that out and you figure out that bottom line, whether that bottom line, okay, my expenses is twenty five hundred dollars a month. My expenses is three thousand dollars a month. Based off of that income, you want to see, okay, how much money am I going to actually make? And based off of that, you you need to get to a point where if you have your expenses at three thousand, you want to make at least you got to make more than three thousand because anything other, than other anything under that, you're in debt. You have you you're in negative, and you and you cannot do anything if you're in the negative. And you have to be in a place where you have disposable income, revenue that exceeds your expenses, and then getting to a position where you do something with that excess revenue, where it generates more than inflation, gets to a point where it even surpasses inflation where you're able to cover that expense, where you can have your time freed up. And now you can do what you love. If you love sleeping, you can sleep. And you, can, and you have to compromise your lifestyle. But if you want to produce and then it takes time to get into certain businesses or do certain things, you have that time, you have that luxury. But until then, you sacrifice, you do what you have to do. That, impre- that, that keeping up with people, that's an illusion. What really matters is your household income right now and where you're going to be at in the next five years. So, you know, and, and that what, what determines your next your movement, next five years, is the books you read and the people you hang around with. That is going to determine where you're at in the next five years and five years from there.
0: So with the yuppies out there, you young professionals, you listeners out there, if you're wanting to get into debt, don't do it for consumer reasons or for student loan reasons or what have you. You Get into debt if you're wanting to use that for a uh, business venture. And again, make sure it's all calculated. Absolutely. That it produces passive income for you so they can seize your expenses and, like Joe Coe said, you can do whatever you want with your time
1: right right
0: so let me let me ask you this Uh, back on the personal level are there any new updates for you especially if it relates to what we're discussing today any project
1: yeah yeah definitely um I am working on a project right now so we've been talking about that mostly this whole uh, uh, you know uh, excerpt this podcast and um, you know I'm working on a project right now where I am targeting um, that demographic you know People that you know, you know, I'm I'm there with you. I, you know, I understand student loans. You know, want to understand student loans. So you know, um, you, you speaking speaking directly to you. You know, because that that's a passion of mine. Um, I'm working on a project where, you know, where we are going to um, create a program where we can show people um, exactly once 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 you. Get out of school whatever you decide to do how to get to a place where you um, are keeping your expenses at a certain posi- at a certain level and then from from your expenses getting to a place where you can make as much money as you can but then knowing what to do with that disposable income and getting into calculated positions whether it's real estate whether it's Maybe uh uh you know doing something where it's towards the share economy, you know doing something where you can have some time And when I say share economy, maybe doing an Airbnb, maybe doing an Uber, where you can have some type of tax write-off, where you can minimize those taxes, which is a lot of times the biggest expense. And then getting rid of those student loans, and then getting a position where you can replace whatever your expenses are, and getting to a point like what Juan said, where your passive income can. You know, meet your expenses or exceed them. You know, and get to a point where you are free up to do what you have to do. So, you know, uh, you know, we're, you know, uh, my wife and I—we're creating a project like that, and you know, that, that's in the works right now. So that's what we're doing right now.
0: And that, that's great because um, that's what's needed is uh, is awareness. And I right. and uh, just to expound more, what Joker was saying, we had this conversation a, a couple nights ago, and he said he also wanted to do case studies for people that's who cool. are in our age group, you know, um, from, I think, 18 to, was it 39 or something along those lines?
1: Yeah, 36. 18 36. How,
0: you said the 36?
1: Yeah, 18 to 36. It could be older, but that's the demographic, that's the range.
0: Right, to see how debt is affecting their lives and, and, and to be able to give them um, exposure to a different way, because that, that's really where the problem lies. You're just pretty much, like you said earlier, just mimicking what you saw others do before you. You know, you get a loan for school, you get a credit card, you buy Jordan's with it, you take a girl out to Applebee's, you get in debt to get a, a nice car, so now you're keeping up with the Joneses, blah blah blah. And it's yeah, and it's it, and it's not the only way. You know, it's not the only way. But it it comes through getting that awareness as well as putting a plan in place to say, all right, I'm a for one, know what my expenses are. I'm sure most people don't even know what their monthly expenses are. Know what your expenses are, then saying, okay, what can I do to control these expenses? And then it's like, all right, what enterprise can I do, can I embark on to increase my income? Right. Especially right. my passive income so that it exceeds my expenses. Which I call it the, the pile formula. Your PI, your passive income, exceeds your LE, your living expenses. And then once you do that, then you can continue to pile up. So if you do want nicer things or nicer or bigger expenses, you, you already know the formula that, okay, I have to continue to increase my passive income to exceed my living expenses. I think that's a great thing you're doing, Joe. is really to uh, have some sort of documentary uh, tracking all this stuff.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And it's going to attack. It's going to attack right now So back in the day, you know, the the reason why the recession happened in 2008, it didn't really affect us. When I say us, the yuppies, it affected the way we thought, but it didn't really affect us. And how it affected us indirectly was our parents or, you know, family, friends, or people that we've known, you know, indirectly, that's how it affected us. But how it also affected us is how we go about making purchases or how we go about investing, how we go about buying things, and, you know, just business as a whole. You know, you hear about 1%, 99%, and, you know, people are more so leaning towards the 99%, which is, you know, if you're going that route, never go the route of conformity. That's that's where everybody goes. If you follow the herd, you're going to get stopped. you got to go the opposite, opposite direction, you know. So I'm not saying 1% is right, but what I'm saying is they have results, and one thing that cannot be denied is fruit you can't deny you can't deny fruit because it's visible and if it's visible that means that person knows something that you don't know and the only difference is knowledge is is can be a tool to propel you forward or it could be a tool to keep you ignorant and keep and 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 when I say ignorance Ignorance is knowing something but not doing nothing about it. That's inactivity. That's, that's, that's knowing something but not doing nothing about it. Straight inactivity. So, you know, I want to empower people just to let them know, hey, what, what do I do right now? The recession didn't really affect me, but it affected how you, how you go about living. And the biggest thing is controlling your expenses. And the good life is great, but it, can't be, it cannot be an illusion. It has to be real. It has to be tangible. It has to be real fruit can be no movies, you know, these are actors, this is, this is real life here. So, you know, that's the, that's the this, is, this is the program, this is, this is the program and I am passionate, like I said, my demographic is 18 to 36, it's open to anybody, you know, even older, older people that may watch the show as well, but, you know, the young ones that are looking to move forward and looking to create cash flow, you've got to understand your expenses, you've got to know where you're at, you have to be, you, you can't keep a close eye to this, you face it
0: head on. Yeah, you have to know your numbers. Uh, I remember the, the guy on the Profit. Um, Le- oh, Le- Mark uh, Lemon, Lemon or Lemon, something yeah. like that. Yeah.
1: Right, 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 and He right, said, right.
0: Uh, "If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business." Right. And that's that's probably uh, true, especially in a personal sense. So if you don't know your personal numbers, you don't know what it costs you to live every month. How can you effectively manage the numbers of a business if you can't even do it for your personal? That's just a starting point right there. Just know your numbers and then control it. Keep a tight budget on it because you have a greater um, aim in mind. You know, you're keeping your eye on the prize. You're saying, okay, like you said, like what the entrepreneur does, they're doing early on what most people won't do, keeping a tight watch on their expenditures, foregoing instant gratification, making sacrifices. So that way later in life, once they reach that pinnacle of being financially free and independent, where their passive income exceeds their living expenses, then they can live the lifestyle that most people can. Wake up whenever you feel like it. Take a trip once a month, twice a month if you want to. Take a month off. They can't do that. Well let me ask you this uh, do you have any final thoughts, final words of wisdom you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh What I would say to anybody listening to this is take risk. Risk is normal. It is normal. It's not a bad thing. And um, the worst thing you can do is to not try at all. Because keep in mind, your time is the most valuable thing. And if you mess up, it's okay as long as you bounce back and you have enough time to bounce back. You know, even if you're, little, if you're a little bit older, you still have enough time to bounce back. You know, um, KFC guy, you know, I don't know his name, but he started off.
0: Hey, uh, Colonel Sanders.
1: Colonel Sanders, yeah. Started off late in life. But look where he's at right now. There are some places that do not have McDonald's, but they have a KFC overseas, you know. So, you know, everybody knows KFC. But the point I'm trying to make is talking to the, to the to the young professionals out there, young entrepreneurs, young hustlers, young movers and shakers. Key thing is, most people, if you ask them, "Hey, how much you make?" they don't know how much they make. Oh, I make fifty thousand. I make a hundred thousand. I make one fifty. But you tell them, "Do you know your expenses?" they do not know their expenses. So be that person where you know your expenses, just like you know how much you make, because your expenses is going to really determine how much you make. And you'll, and you know, uh, and once you once you figure that out, you'll be you'll 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 be in a position where you can. Uh, Really live this life, and I live an illusion, which is set. That is an illusion.
0: And, and, I, and I think where the issue lies, uh, Joko, is um, uh, fear, and it's, and it's fear of like the unknown, like uh, Absolutely. I, I might lose money, or what if it doesn't work out, or what if I fall flat on my face, and everyone says I told you so, like. Just, just keep this in mind. And these, are, these are entrepreneurs that's on the phone now, you know, on this recorded call. I'm sure you've lost money, Joko, just as well as I lost money. Of course. Not just one business venture, but many. I'm sure you might have had some projects or, or rental properties or business ventures, whatever you want to call it, which was bleeding money. But it's an excellent learning expense. It's just, it's just a discovery. You just discover what not to do next time. Right, and what to do next time. But it's like at least you can be a leg up on everyone else in regard to you actually took action. Right. And who knows? Like uh, Robert Kiyosaki said, you might have struck out the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time at bat. And who knows, by the sixth or seventh time at bat, you might hit a home run. So just go on that, with that mindset. You're going to hit the ball. You're going, you, might not, you might strike out on your first rental property, your, your second online business, your third business biz, venture, your partner might have screwed you over, uh, a contractor might have been a scrupulous and jerked you out of some money, you know, a customer might not have paid you and you have a whole bunch of unpaid receivables. Whatever the case may be, you will eventually get things right, but it should not hinder you from taking action. Now it's like when you, when you finally... Uh, get started and you lose money, you smarten up real quick.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, now I know what he means by calculated risk. Now it's like you become, and that's why I like to use debt. It's kind of like uh, when, I, when we talk about calculated risk. It's kind of like a knife where if you use it um, in an uncalculated manner, a wild, brutal manner, you can kill someone. But if you use it precisely and accurately, like a surgeon, it can save someone's life. Yeah. So that's how you want to use debt. You want to use it precisely, calculated to the point where it's producing life, if financially speaking. But if you're using it while, like, oh, I borrowed all this money and I didn't do my proper due diligence or I didn't have a board of advisors or I didn't have help or mentors or things of that nature, then you're just pretty much just using that scalpel which can physically kill someone or right. kill you financially
1: yeah destroy you. destroy you look at look at American Express a, a huge conglomerate kind of like a giant in, 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 in when it comes to business their product is dead that's their product but as a company they are debt free their product is dead but as a company they're debt free now where they started they may have started with some of debt you know but they got they've gotten to a point where now they, they their product is actually debt you know so that is a good debt you know it's it, it's all about how you look at it and how you utilize it you know debt can be a can be a magnificent tool to propel you you know if if, if debt was a bad thing you know there would be no lenders you know so it's it's it'll, it'll be no lenders, you know? That's their product. That is not a bad thing. It's your usage of that debt and what you do and how you what you use to and how you use it. Now if you use it to consume, you are a selfish person. And and selfish people, like I said, cannot be in a position where they can be servants. Most every business owner out there is servants. Servants are people that are providing a service. They're serving. They're serving their clients, and they realize who writes the check, and who really writes the check is the customers, and it's leaving their pockets going into the people that are providing a service. So the, the, the main thing, I, I know I, I gave advice earlier, but I want to add to that. What you want to, even if you're not even into business, if you're into the arts, if you're into politics, if you're into music, and you just, at the end of the day, everybody has time, and you need time to perfect your craft so at at end of the day you want to be in a position where you can free your time up and be in a position to perfect your craft and service the world that's why you're here in life you're not here just 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 to be in in existence you're here to be a servant serving where you have something that this world does not have and for every if you see a problem and that problem bugs you, guess what? You are the solution. That's why you was born. And you was born to create, not born to regurgitate. In school, just, just, it, it, it just creates regurgitators. It doesn't create creators. Now, education is a great thing. That can be a good thing. It's just a matter of how you look at it and what you do about it. So, you know, that's all I want to add to that, Juan, you know, and I'm very passionate about it, and I just feel like the, 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 best, the, the best times for any country, a lot of times, were during recessions. The Rockefellers, J.P. Morgan, Vanderbilt, Henry Ford. Uh, <laughs> uh, all, of them, all of them came up during times when the world needed them the most. So right now, if you see, like, man, there's a recession, guess what? This is the time to create. That's why I got into real estate in 2008, because I realized, yo, this is the best time to get in. Don't get in when everybody else is getting in. Like I said, if you follow the herd, you will get stomped. Go the other direction. Yeah, that's
0: a good that's a good point, Joko. And, and for those of you who are kind of um, risk averse or um, still kind of on the fence about using debt, I think it's great for uh, acquisition, acquiring, income-producing assets. And just keep in mind, the income that you receive, you can use that income to pay off the debt, just like you mentioned in that analogy where the widow, she uh, sold the oil and she paid off the debt well, indirectly through her customers who did it, and right. she right. paid off the debt and lived off the rest. And you can do the same thing. You get the income and you can continually pay down that debt. And then once that debt is paid off, now you have an income generator, a passive income generator, which is a PIG for short, with no liabilities. And debt is good. Like, speaking from personal experience, like yesterday, Joko, I was uh, g- updating my uh, financial statement. Okay. You know, I have it in my calendar to just update it. Go right. over all my credit cards and debt. How
1: and often stuff. do you do that? A month? Do you do that monthly or yeah. like?
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, so a monthly basis because mm-hmm. I realized, you know, being unorganized, certain credit cards might change their payment amount. Even So I, just to keep it easy, because I have 21 credit cards, so to keep it easy, I would just get, you know, standard payment every month. Then I will realize, oh, this one would be greater, this one would be less, and then I will get a late fee. So I'm like, well, I have to be on top of it. You know, I have to have a close watch on everything and, and update, and especially for mortgages, too. Your banker wants to see your updated personal financial statement they want to see your updated rent roll and stuff like that so I All just right. update on a monthly basis so I was updating it yesterday and I realized that just credit card debt alone I'm in a, almost I think it was a hundred and forty five thousand dollars worth of credit card debt let's just say 150 to make the math easy
1: yeah
0: and I, I realized my payments that I make and I make more than the minimum payment my credit okay. cards, but the monthly payment was five thousand dollars a month. Hmm. And that might sound like a lot to people. That's sixty thousand dollars a year I'm paying to credit cards, which is uh, income for most people. And I have to say, without that using that credit card debt, I will probably have little to no to none um, income-producing assets. So it's like you want to use debt as leverage. And then once you acquire that asset, then you might want to change the game plan and say, you know what, now that I'm producing income that exceeds the expenses and the debt service, let me use this extra cash flow to pay down this debt even further. So now I'm kind of like switching gears to say, all right, I'm going to use debt to acquire the asset. And then once I got the asset required, any additional property that I have, because I already have enough properties now that affords my, my living expenses. Now when I acquire more properties, I'll just use that cash flow just to continue to pay down this debt. That's smart. That so that will equate to an extra $5,000 a month or $60,000. 60,
1: and that's going to increase your cash flow.
0: Correct. Yep. So I'm like, I'll keep the current properties I have. I have 32 rentals now. I'll use that to continue to live off of and then um, I'm personally sending some more properties now, a 7-unit, 11-unit, and a 13-unit. And so nice. the cash flow that I receive for that, I'll just use that just to go towards debt. Because, you know, like you said, I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses. I'm, I'm satisfied where I'm at now. So I can just use that to, to pay down the debt that I have. And it's just a, it's just a two-way street of, like, you're burning the candle at both ends. I'm still getting income, producing assets, which is still increasing my cash flow. And I'm reducing right. my debt payments on the other side. Right, right, right. That's smart, That's smart, man.
1: People think the grass is, you know, they'll say, man, the grass is greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. You know, it's not green on the other side. You're, that person that you're looking at like like they may be looking at you like, man, his grass is green. Yo, you could be doing the same thing. You know, if somebody was be saying that to you. Yo, your grass is green. And it's about taking time to water it, cultivate it, develop it, you know, and build, build what you need to build, you know, for you and your family.
0: Yeah, And, and that's and the not goal. To, and not just to plug my services, but if you're looking to use debt to leverage you into some income-producing assets so you can have uh, producing income, uh, producing debt, then you get your credit repaired. And, and all this stuff is, like, character-related. Like, uh, people will lend to someone... If they're credible, that's where your right. credit comes into play. You know, you're, you show to the world your cre- you're credible on a quantitative scale, you know, as a result of your FICO score. And so if you're not credible, if you can't even pay simple debts, you're, you're really not a person that can be um, issued any debt. No one can lend to you because you, you're pretty much showcasing to the world that you're not a person of character. Even though I know, understand what today's happen, I started off with bad credit, so that's why I'm speaking on my behalf. You know, so I know what it's like not to pay your bills and have creditors call you collection accounts and all that stuff. So it's not like I'm talking from, you know, on top of my high horse or whatever. But right. it's like you want to show to the world that you are a person of, of, of character, that your good name is, is better than silver and gold, you know, that you can be able to... Uh, Show you're a person and character. People will want to do business with you or want to lend to you. And it's only right. If you borrow money, I'm sure if, you, if people borrow money from you in good faith, you would expect a repayment. Right. So it's only right. But if you've already made those mistakes, then undergo credit repair. Yeah. Get it cleaned yeah. up. That's the same thing I did. I had bad credit. It was hard for me to get any loans, whether it's from hard money lenders or from credit cards installment loans, personal lines of credit, or even a mortgage, until I got to the point where I cleaned up my credit. And then that's when banks wanted to lend to me all day now, uh, all day long.
1: Regardless of the economy.
0: Right, because that's when I started acquiring um, assets, when we were in the uh, recession, once everything Absolutely. tanked. Thanks. Yeah. So once you get your credit score looking pretty, then your your uh your financial success should be independent of what's going on in the economy you know and in fact that's that's the perfect time this, like you said uh to, to buy Cause you get everything cheap you know the prices go down the interest rates are low, and as long as you have decent credit they'll lend you all day long or provide you with the the, the financing tools you need.
1: This is the best time in history
0: to leverage debt. Best time. Rates is at ultimate
1: lows, you know, um, and it, it's it's never been like this before. And it's going to go back up. It's just a matter of time. And when it does, it's 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 not going to come back down like this for for a long time, you know. And it works sometimes in forty, fifty year cycles. So. Next time this comes around and you're like, oh, man, I should have, should have, could have, would have, and you're looking at people that have act, act, acted on what they, you know, the knowledge that they heard, you know, then, you know, the biggest bullet that you don't want to bite is regret. You know, that that's a hard bullet. That's a hard pill to swallow, you know, realizing, man, I, I, I was so fortunate, you know, instead of complaining, I'm so fortunate to be, you know, here at this time where, you know, you know, yeah, I, I read about Rockefeller. I read about, you know, J.P. Morgan. Forget about that. Somebody could be reading about you, about what you did during this time, and you could, you could, you could fall in line with those um, um, patriots that paved the road, and realize. Forget about what school's telling. You, what school's saying? Take out debt, or you know, or i um, take out debt to to go into consumption, where where they don't financially. Educate people on what is the biggest the biggest thing you need in life, which is a lot of times finances finance is not everything but it its it sure can it can you know um it can help it can help you in where, in your in where you what you're trying to do and how you're trying to move forward you know so you know i I, I want to emphasize again you know I feel like I'm just being a dead horse, but debt is made. Not to consume, but to produce. That is the purpose of debt. That. That's why it was brought into existence. To, matter of fact, let me tell you. Do you know, Warren, I don't know if you know this, In um, I believe it's the, my wife went to India. And she was telling me that there are some uh, societies, she found this out when she was in India, that they do not lend Unless, like for tax purposes, and this is like in, in, in coerce with the government, that the taxes they work alongside with the banks, right? So the government work alongside with banks to the point where taxes are put aside to go into entrepreneur ventures. So if you want to, if you want to borrow money from the bank, they would actually the taxes that comes from society, instead of taxes going towards, you know, welfare or going towards, you know, um, places where it doesn't progress people but keeps them in a position of stagnation, they actually use taxes along with the bank and if you want to invest into entrepreneur ventures. So they use taxes for startup capital wow. in certain societies, man. And she found this out when she was in India. So if you have a startup idea, they already have taxes that you already paid into if you're a part of the working class where you can tap into and go into, uh, you know, it could be startup capital for a venture. This is money already set aside. So the purpose, the point I'm trying to make is debt was never created for, hey, you want this BMW? Don't pay thirty thousand dollars. Here's one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Here's three hundred dollars a month. You could drive out today with a three hundred dollar payment for BMW. It was never designed for that. It was designed for I have an idea. Okay, boom. Here, here's here's a loan for that. And let me see. You know your you know your idea in, in, in writing and everything. Of course, you know you have to go through the you know
0: parameters or whatever.
1: Isn't that isn't that isn't that interesting?
0: yeah that, that that really it really is interesting and I think it can it can go um that same system can be set in place here similarly speaking in regard to uh instead of it being like an escrow in your taxes that money is just sitting there too at the bank that absolutely it, it, it's sitting there but it's just waiting for you you know like you said there's parameters to be in place you have a, a registered business you have a sound business plan and you have the, the credibility to, to back it up. Right. And then the return, you know, to Japan,
1: it goes back into society. And then how, that's how everybody comes up. Not off of, you know, debt, Welfare. but it comes off. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't come off of debt. That, that system is a debt-based system. It, it, it doesn't work. This system is designed to come off of income, producing ideas, concepts, you know, businesses, things of that nature. Mm.
0: All right, Jogo. so, so you, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how would you uh how would they deal yeah, with yeah. this stuff?
1: For sure, for sure. Like I said, um uh, you know, um so I do commercial real estate, but I'm working on this project on the side where it's gonna be uh you know, of course it's gonna be a business but something that definitely uh serve um, uh, young earth professionals, young people, any, anybody. I don't want to just limit that, limit it to, to that, but uh, if you want to get in contact with me, um, and as as uh, I could just go, it, it should be up by next year, but uh, my uh, email is uh, Jay uh, Fajoko and then Brownell, B as in boy R-O-W and as in Nancy E-L-L at L A L services. That's services spelled out plural. Uh, dot com. So L A L S E R V I C E S dot com. And that's the best way.
0: Alright, cool. Alright, well thanks for your time, Joker. Hey we'll Juan, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, uh, Juan. Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll keep an eye out for your uh, for your project to be finished.
1: When absolutely you that to be done? Uh, should, should be ready, and uh, we should, we're, we're expected to launch uh, first quarter of two thousand sixteen. Oh wow, that's that's the goal. That's the goal. So we're we're gonna be uh, we're working on like filming, uh, you know, getting our guests. Um, we're, we're we're doing a lineup now from November to December, and then we're gonna be uh, having the projects. You know, depending on dates that are available between January and February and then March. Should be up and running. All right, cool. Definitely. All
0: right. Well, thanks, Jogo.
1: Hey, Juan, appreciate your time, man. All right. Take care. Thanks,
0: man. Bye.